Hello, and welcome back to the Fit Fizz podcast. In case you're new here, my name is Kelly Wilson, and I am the owner of fitfizzstudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, to give you knowledge for making the smartest decisions for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the contents should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And I have one more order of business for today's show before we get into the real content. And um, this is the part where I'm going to bribe you to leave a review for the show. So originally, I was going to do a drawing and a giveaway, but I decided to make it even better. Instead of just one or two people winning, I'm going to make sure that there's something in it for everyone. So from now until the day that episode 25 releases, that's four episodes from now, if you leave a review for the show on iTunes or on the Facebook page for FitFizz, I will send you a 50% off coupon code for um, one item in my shop. And so you just need to leave a review, take a screenshot of your review, send it to me on social media, or you can email it to kelly at fitfizzstudio.com. And one clarification I want to make on that though, is that it doesn't count if you just leave a star rating. It has to be a review with written words. So it doesn't have to be anything long, but hopefully you'll say something positive about the show or mention something that you learned or found interesting. Reviews help me out so that this podcast can be more findable in the extremely deep pool of health and fitness podcasts that are out there right now because as it is right now, I'm kind of buried and I really want to be able to reach a lot more people. And your reviews are what's going to help give the show more credibility, more findability so that we can reach more people and hopefully they will subscribe. So I hope you'll help me out. And I've recently added some new shirts to the Fit Fizz shop and you'll get to pick out whatever style you'll like. And I have sizes that go all the way up to 4XL. So. Moving on with the rest of the show. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about asthma and allergies, seasonal allergies. I'm not personally affected by asthma, but I do get affected by seasonal allergies sometimes. And I know this is a time of year when it can get especially bad for some people who struggle with either of those. If you don't have allergies or asthma, I think it's important for everyone to know a little bit about this anyway, because it might affect someone you know or love, or it might affect someone maybe that you train with at the gym. And I'm a big believer that empathy is important. And if you're maybe not a naturally empathetic person, there's always room to grow in order to hold more space for the struggles that your friends or family might face. So I hope that you'll continue to listen anyway, even if you're not directly affected. And you, I, I'm also going to mention things that will uh, affect everybody because we all breathe. And that's kind of what this is about. So just to talk about asthma really quickly, I think we most mostly have a general idea of what that is. But 
During an asthma attack, there is usually coughing, wheezing, or serious shortness of breath, and it can be very scary for the person experiencing it. And when they start to feel that coming on, they might even feel anxiety because of how scary it does feel, and that can make things even worse. Um, And that happens because asthma is a chronic lung condition where airways become inflamed, and that results in narrowed airways and increased mucus production. So then the person is essentially struggling to breathe. But did you notice how I said the word inflamed? Remember how we talked all about inflammation in a previous episode? So there's a very important connection here. And this is a connection that you will continue to hear me make with lots of other health conditions as well. When there is inflammation, there are many things that you can do that are within your control to reverse or reduce that inflammation. So let's go a little bit deeper with what's actually happening with asthma and allergies. So with asthma, there are basically two types. There is exercise-induced asthma, and then there is environmental-induced asthma. And then we have allergies, which basically you're not going to get exercise-induced allergies <laughs> unless you're faking it because you want to get out of your workout. But um, allergies are bas- basically fall into the category of um, they're environmentally induced, usually by things in the air. Um, and we're talking about seasonal allergies, not like food allergies. Originally, I was going to do this show on just asthma, but so much of it crosses over with allergies as far as the causes and remedies go. So I hope that you don't mind that I'm pl- applying this to both asthma and allergies into one show. Asthma on its own affects about 8% of the population, but allergies affect about 50 million Americans. Um, and again, I'm talking about seasonal allergies. And that both of those numbers continue to increase in the United States. So why is it increasing? Well, that comes back around to the fact that asthma and allergies are rooted in inflammation. So inflammation from foods and a lot of the non-food ingredients that are in processed foods that we eat, that's very common. And inflammation from toxins in the environment, also very common. That might include things like pesticides in the air, cleaning chemicals for your house or things used at work, um, chemicals in makeup and toiletries that we use, hair products, maybe mold in our homes that you're, you might not even be aware of. That can definitely have an effect on asthma and allergies or even where you work, especially if you work in an old building where it's you know, multiple stories or, you know, if there's a damp basement. I I worked in one place where there were two sub basements where I actually worked was three levels below ground. And I bet there it's a very old building. And so they most likely probably had mold issues at one point or another because just of how old the building was. Any of those things can contribute to inflammation. Some people are more sensitive than others. And for those with asthma, they are probably, they are very highly sensitive to many of these things. So removing any of these contributing factors will most likely help them to reduce the severity or frequency of attacks. And 
Before I go any further, I just want to say and emphasize that I'm not downplaying asthma. I know it's a it can be a very serious thing, and there's a wide range for how serious it can be. Some people get frequent attacks, and I'm not downplaying it by any means with what I'm saying in today's show by saying, oh, just do these simple things and you should get rid of your asthma. It's not that at all. I'm just pointing out some things that are natural ways that you might be able to reduce symptoms or make them less severe. They're just simple things in your everyday life that should be manageable. And if you put these steps into action, you should hopefully be able to at least see a little bit of improvement. So no miracle cures, but I just wanted to make sure I made that clear. I also plan to talk a lot more in future shows about environmental toxins and how they are affecting every single one of us. I think as a society, I'm seeing a lot more people realize that It's important to take it seriously, which is great. And I definitely want to play a role in helping to get some solid information out there about environmental toxins and how they impact our lives and our overall health. It really comes down to breathing in harmful ingredients. We all breathe, whether we have asthma or allergies, and we're all breathing those in to some extent, unfortunately. And we put them on our skin and that all creates different types of inflammation. People with asthma are certainly one group who feels the direct impact in a very big way. This is one way that I thought it would be a good idea to start familiarizing everyone with toxins and their impact, because even though some people aren't quite buying into believing in the harm of environmental toxins, I don't think that anyone denies that asthma exists. But asthma is not just a random thing that happens. It happens for a reason. Just like all diseases and conditions, there is what we call a root cause. So here's an analogy that I'm going to, because I really want to emphasize this whole idea of root causes with diseases. So play along with me here as I do this analogy. Let's say if you have a car that drives off the road, we don't just consider that to be random, right? We know that something caused that, whether maybe the driver fell asleep or someone else ran them off the road or there was a patch of ice. Um, We don't just see a car go off the road and think, oh, look, a car ran off the road. I guess that just happened. We know something caused it. So I'm challenging you to start asking why when you have health symptoms or health issues or if you have a diagnosis to ask why and don't just accept it, but ask why. It's important to dig for that root cause. So that root cause is something you're going to hear me talk about in future episodes in other cases. But in this case today, since we're talking about asthma and the why asthma is happening or why allergies are happening, it's happening because of inflammation. But we need to dig a little bit deeper on that why. And why is the inflammation happening? So there are kind of two steps to this. There's step one in asking why it's happening and what are the triggers? And step two, what steps can be taken to regulate it? As with many other health conditions, the foods that you eat can be a huge trigger for making symptoms worse. Food intolerances, especially to gluten and dairy, those things are not typically given attention in traditional medical settings. Again, you've heard me say it a whole bunch of times already, and I'm saying it again. This is another reason why functional medicine is fantastic, and it hands down is going to be regular general practitioners uh, when you're dealing with chronic health issues. Um, when 
Things like gluten or dairy are tested by regular doctors. The types of tests that they usually do are inadequate as far as the results that they give. And they typically test for gluten sensitivity with tests called alpha-gliadin or tissue transglutaminase 2. (laughs) Those are both mouthfuls to say. Tissue transglutaminase 2. Those are the most common baseline tests for gluten intolerance, but many people are reactive to different proteins in gluten that are not covered by those tests. And this is a problem because it can lead people to believe that they're not gluten intolerant and they're, or they're not gluten sensitive when they actually are. So what can be done about that? If you do have asthma and haven't tried removing gluten to see if it reduces inflammation, You can try that, but that might not be enough. It wasn't enough for me to just remove gluten in order to reduce my inflammation with my autoimmune issues. I also had to take it a step further by removing wheat and grains. And wheat and grains are often inflammatory for many people with asthma and allergies too. So there's something you can try. Now, obviously, if your allergies are targeted by things like pollen in the spring, you can't do much to remove pollen from the the air outside, but you can temporarily remove inflammatory foods from your diet, which might help you to feel better because you doing so reduces your the overall inflammation in your body. And um, if something like pollen has really put your body's inflammation over the edge, then reducing inflammatory foods might just help balance out your symptoms. So you can at least feel better to at least function throughout your day. Because I know sometimes when you have allergy attacks, you just you feel like you've just been hit by a truck. Um, But you can do that at least till like the air quality improves. It doesn't have to be permanent. Um, Staying on the same track with foods, dairy proteins are also a common issue for people with um, with asthma and the testing issues at regular doctors are the same in typical medical practices. And so again, even if you don't have a functional medicine doctor who's willing to do the proper testing to see if you really do have a sensitivity, but if you're suffering from inflammation or asthma attacks, a great starting point is to remove highly inflammatory foods and possibly it might be dairy. So you can try that too. Try it out and see if you notice an improvement. And if you're on board with trying to remove any inflammatory foods like gluten, grains, dairy, um, it's a good idea to try a test by removing it for 30 to 60 days is usually what you want to aim for. If you don't have a definite answer by 30 days, then go ahead and try to hold out until the full 60. And then if you're still not sure, what you can do is start adding those foods back in and notice how you feel. If you start feeling worse again, that's a very good sign that those infl- inflammatory foods do have a negative effect on your body. And so you might not even need to worry about the real lab testing. Another part of foods being inflammatory for some people with asthma or allergies or anyone um, are the it's like the chemicals and additives that are in foods like sugar, soy, and industrial seed oils like canola oil and vegetable oil. If you do up having end up having a sensitivity to those foods, you can continue to eat them and it will eventually lead to things like leaky gut or more damage in the body 
And if you ignore it, you'll keep feeling worse and worse as those issues compound. And this, I know this is, sounds very similar to what you've heard before, because it is. And um, if, if it does get to a point where that person gets leaky gut, that alone can definitely make asthma symptoms worse and more chronic. Another thing in the food realm to consider is histamine. Histamine is found in foods, and this includes things like dairy, but also fermented foods. So fermented foods can be very healthy, for very good for gut health and your gut microbiome, unless you're sensitive to high histamine foods. So this includes things like pickles, cured meats, sour cream, and buttermilk, to name a few. If you already have high levels of histamine due to asthma or allergies, and you eat foods that are high histamine, that can really exacerbate your symptoms or push them over the edge. So if you have asthma and you're not sure of the root cause, you might want to try a low histamine diet. And there are also fruits that may trigger the release of histamine. So they may be contributing to making asthma or allergy symptoms worse. Some of those fruits are citrus fruits like papaya, pineapple, also strawberries and bananas, and also tomatoes. Some other foods that release histamine and might make asthma or allergy symptoms worse are also chocolate, nuts, shellfish, or also alcohol. Now, if you think this route might be helpful, it's important to remember that being on a low histamine diet for a prolonged period of time prolonged period of time is not a good idea because then you'll be missing out on a lot of other nutrients that your body really needs. But it can be very helpful as a, a for short-term relief. Now, as I mentioned earlier, environmental toxins, I mentioned some of those like cleaning products and personal care products um, or maybe mold in your home or mold at work. Now, if you're going to be spending a lot of time outside, take notice of what might be making asthma symptoms worse or even making allergy symptoms worse. For example, soccer fields, they might be beautifully manicured, but how did they get that way? Most likely some pretty serious chemical compounds were involved. So you might not be able to avoid it, but notice what causes it and a huge key to feeling better um, will just be that awareness. So then you can at least try to find ways to minimize your exposure if you can't avoid it altogether. And another thing you can do to reduce environmental inflammation in your home is by using air filters. Now, air filters have something called a MERV rating, M-E-R-V. It stands for Minimum Efficiency Reporting Value, and that rates the overall effectiveness of the filter. So a higher value will mean finer filtration. So you want so it's better to have a higher number or a higher MERV rating. You want to aim for I would say probably at least a 7 or better if you're going to get an air filter. And as I mentioned earlier, not only does this apply to people with asthma and allergies, but it really applies to everyone because at some point If you ever feel like you're not breathing as well as you should be, these are some of the most effective and easy steps you can take to improve that. And even if you think you breathe fine, but maybe you're participating in a sport, improving your breathing will certainly improve your performance. So that pretty much wraps it up for today. If you 
found that a certain friend popped into your head while you were listening to this, I hope that you will share this episode with them so they can learn as well. Please don't forget to leave your review, take a screenshot and send it to me. And I will send you your 50% off code between now and episode 25. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.